0: love this podcast support this show through the Acast supporter feature it's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment just hit the link in the show description to support now attention soldiers sailors airmen marines and coasties the holiday season is right around the corner and some of you might be wondering How am I going to afford to travel back home to visit my loved ones? Have no fear. Holidays for the Heroes is here. Last year, Holidays for the Heroes received donations from patriotic donors, and we were able to send 65 armed service members with a fully paid round-trip ticket and got them home for the holidays. Wait, but what's the catch, you might ask? Buckle your parachute strap. There is no catch and no hidden fees. Just contributions from good old-fashioned Americans who want to help heroes like you and show their appreciation for your service. If you're an active soldier and want to register, or an individual who wants to be a part of that growing group of patriotic donors, please go to www.holidaysfortheheroes.org. That's h-e-ro-es.org. to you from underneath a peach blossom it's time for an episode of be awesome find positivity throughout your life and work just like our mascot rooster steve the jerk
1: Hello Be Awesome listeners, this is episode 92 of the Be Awesome podcast and I am your host Joshua Peach and we've got another great Easton focused podcast today. This is really an interesting one and something I've shared on a number of podcasts about the pride that I have in our community on so many different aspects, but one of the aspects is uh, just our, our rich history uh, and one of those pieces is the H.H. H. Richardson Architect Buildings uh, that we have. I believe we have seven or eight, and I'm going to let our guests go more into that. But this is is a picture. What we're going to talk about today is, in particular, is Oaks Ames Memorial Hall. And this picture is one of the rooms of Oaks Ames Memorial Hall, where I actually went to one of my high school semi-formals to in the early 1990s. And uh, today we're going to talk about Oaks Ames Memorial Hall. We're probably going to get into some, some things, all things Easton, because this gentleman has a ton of knowledge, uh, extensive history. His last name also happens to be Ames, Mr. Frederick Ames. Welcome to the Be Awesome podcast, my friend.
2: Oh, thank you, Josh. And uh, I, I really appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to address your audience and, and tell them a little bit about the hall.
1: Well, let's let's get right into it because the hall is absolutely. I'm going to be changing the pictures up for those of you that are watching the video. I'll be changing the pictures up, but tell us a little bit about the hall, how it came to be, uh, when it was when it was built. It's it wasn't built in the, the 1990s, that's for sure. So, mm-hmm. uh, give give the history and the backdrop of it, if you would.
2: Sure, uh, the the hall was was built uh, uh, to commemorate uh, a memory of Oaks Ames, and H.H. Richardson was the architect. He, you know, obviously he did the library and the gate lodge and the train station and others. Um, and it was, it was built in 1881. So it's, it's been around some time. And it was, it was paid for by his, the two of his sons, Governor Oliver Ames, and the other one, Oaks Anger Ames. And he lived in that house behind the library, the uh, quiset house, that was, that was his house. So, um, and then they gave it, they sold it to for one dollar, they sold it to the Oaks Ames Memorial Hall Association, of which I am a member. Um, and then the the following, uh, I've said this so many times, I have to go look at my notes. Uh, November fourteenth, eighteen eighty one. In March of eighteen eighty two, at Easton Town meeting, uh, the town voted to accept their privileges under the gift uh, for. Basically, uh, financial responsibility for for keeping up the hall. And to this day, we've got very generous support from the CPA. Uh, We also get funds from the Mass Historical Commission and Mass Cultural Council. And we also get some good uh, private donations. We also get some money from foundations. Uh, The exterior of the building is, is sort of all the bills are coming due at once, you know, for all the... Excuse me, mortar tiles and windows. So it's really essential the help we get from the town. And otherwise we really couldn't do it. You know, we can, we can keep our operational costs, mm-hmm. you know, we can keep the heat on and, and all that stuff. But as far as the major exterior work, you know, as you can see it's, it, behind you, it's a pretty daunting building.
1: Oh, it's a, it's it's unbelievably impressive when you drive down Main Street uh, heading towards it and it's st- sitting on the hill. And it's just it, it is it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, my math might be off, but it's it's celebrating. It's a 140th anniversary this year. Right. 1881. Am I am I off in my math?
2: No, you're correct. Uh, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that is that is a milestone.
1: That is a huge milestone. Um, and H.H. H. Richardson, I, I, yeah, I know enough to be dangerous. I've got my velvet book on H.H. On H. Richardson, but share it with who he, I mean, he's, he's still one of the world's most renowned architects uh, in the world, right? He's, he's got uh, buildings in Albany, New York and Boston, a church in Boston. Um, how did it come about though Easton got so lucky to have so many H.H. H. Richardson? I, and I, I that the statistic might be off. I cheerlead for our town a lot. The, we have, more, we have it's,
2: it's five.
1: Okay. We have five. So my, I, I like to round up Uh lucky I didn't say 10, but I think we have like the most
2: yeah, of his I buildings
1: in any certain one, one area. Is that any
2: town for sure? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, my family got, uh, uh, introduced to him, I think by a, uh, mutual friend. I, I always get his name wrong. I think it was George Sargent and he was very much involved in horticulture and the Arnold Arboretum and all that. And my family got very interested in horticulture too. And Fred, my great grandfather, he went to college with with this guy Sprague. And he lived next door to Richardson in Brookline. And so I bet they probably met that way socially because Richardson moved up here from New York after he got the Trinity Church uh, job in Copley Square. And that -hmm. that made his bones architecturally. I mean, he became famous after that. And he's known all around the world. I mean, he is, um, I'd like to say Richardson's influence is like a mile wide and about an inch deep. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's too bad he's not remembered more. Um, I'll tell you one story. When the library was planning to add on an addition and there was some controversy uh, about that, I was very honored. I got a note from Philip Johnson who was probably the preeminent architect in the country at that time and founded the modernist movement and he went to school in Cambridge. He went to uh, Harvard Design School. So he'd been out to Northeastern, and he basically said, "Do not let them add on to that library." So uh, as you can see, you know, so it's it's pretty well known. So
1: yeah, well, library's gotten some national recognition, and if you if you go inside of it, it's obviously it's not the largest library in the world, but it is one of the most beautiful, and it's one of the most when you when you walk in, you just you can just imagine a a different time in life and and a different period. Like it takes you back to the the 1800s or 1900s because of all of the original stonework on the outside and the beautiful uh, attention to detail and the woodwork on the inside. It's just, I loved going there pre COVID just to just to get away from everything and turn the ringer off. And, and, you know, I'm in there with my laptop, of course, not going through the Dewey decimal file to find a book, but, um, you know, right. growing up and doing book reports there uh, was just such a, an amazing, uh, you know, uh, unbelievably lucky to have these buildings and these, these facilities in our town. Um, so the, the Oaks Ames Memorial Hall, there's, there's definitely, uh, there's a couple of different spaces, right? So there's a couple of floors. Uh, you guys provide different uh, events so tell, walk us through the building and 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 what types of events and what types of things are there and and you know just the general lay of the land, if you will.
2: Sure. Well, we have about a there about a hundred, well, in a normal year, not a COVID year, um, we have about 150, somewhere between 150, 180 rentals a year. And most of it happens in the room downstairs on the first floor. Uh, mm-hmm. and that has got a small speaker stage on it. That's the upstairs one. Mm-hmm. And the downstairs one is, is right below that. And that holds about 90 people and about 72 at tables for dinners and things like that. And next to that, there is a small room uh, which people use for food service or set up a bar in there. And when you rent, you get the whole first floor. You have, a, of course, the bathrooms and the kitchen. And one thing we do, which which makes us, I think, very very competitive is a lot of times when you rent from a function hall you have to you have to hire their caterer or you have to have their bartender or you know you you pay the price right for the space Mm -hmm. and you think you're all done and then they just hit you with all these extra charges Mm -hmm. um we don't we don't have any of that you know you can do this pick your own caterer if you want to do it yourself that's fine we have a number of people do that and we have a licensed kitchen um, so if you want to cook your own food and I know people from India, Haiti, and other countries you know have rented the hall for that reason. They cannot find a caterer in the area that can really cook their traditional family foods. Hmm. So that's a that's another niche uh, you know we're we're, we're, we're trying to uh, explore. Um, and then upstairs, you know there's that big room behind you mm-hmm. and that is that's much bigger. that seats about 200. And you can get more in that if you set it up as, as an auditorium, um, and that's that's where we have the big weddings. And uh, there's that's and that's the room you had your dance in, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 And um, so that's that's really the the, the, the crowning touch. Um, on the and the acoustics are excellent. You can see those gray panels on this on the side between the windows that have the wreaths on them, and that was put there by Bose. Uh, they came and they measured the room for acoustics. Uh, they fine-tuned it, and it's musicians love it. And it's it's just a, it's a great performance space too. Hmm. Um, on the third floor is what's behind me, and that was the was was at one point uh, the Masonic Temple, and that Richardson was a Mason, and this was an original space, and the ceiling was the was the last original it's the, it's the only original surface left in the building mm-hmm. and we've done a we've had some people in to, to study it uh to fix it up um at this point we would have to raise some serious money uh, to get it fixed but it's in the mix because it's it's again it's it's really it's really something it's it's the last remaining surface so we've got to save it so it, put it on the list
1: are you allowed to like i know you're allowed to go up there but I- Am I allowed to go up there? I've never been up there. I've, I've heard of it. I've heard sto- yeah, you know, stories and things, but I've never gotten past. I think there's like a, a velvet, there was a velvet rope across the stairway that uh, that prohibited you from going up the stairs, I think. Or there's something that. Uh,
2: oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. You know, there, there was also construction going on there for a long time, which we finally finished. So that was another reason for the rope. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, no, we from time to time and we'll advertise it, we'll, we'll uh, you know, lead small groups up there. And take a look around. There's there's a lot of interest in it. Um, unfortunately, when the when the um, Masons moved out, you know, they took all their all their regalia with them and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so and they left, I think, in 1960. But it's it's really a great space. We don't have a fire escape up there, and that's why there's the limitations, a number of people that can be up there uh-huh. at any one time. Um, but I think what we'd like to do is have it as a place for archives or exhibits, you know, just sort of small scale events. It's, you know, it's a very nice room and mm-hmm. uh, we get that ceiling fixed up. It'd be quite attractive.
1: I didn't ask. I didn't, we didn't ask this in our preliminary talk, but just looking at the, put the picture back up in um, the, and the roof and the steepness of it and just everything uh, was the, was the building damaged in the polar vortex of 2015 or did you guys, where you guys did everything just slide off that steep roof for you?
2: It really did. Right above your head, where the two roofs meet, that mm-hmm. was the worst part of it. It sort of got jammed in that corner where yep. the where the lower roof meets that meets the the tall the tall roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some problems. I don't know. I, you might have one photograph of ice damage in in the loggia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we we took a beating. We also we also had something go wrong with the fire detection system. And there was a break in the wire, and it was an old building, and we had two technicians out. They they had to spend a couple of days. They found the break, but we were out five thousand bucks. So that was uh, that was that was some damage. So you know, wow. but yeah, we've worked on the roof now. You it it doesn't have that problem. You know, the the snow won't get stuck up there. Uh,
1: what is the roof made out of?
2: Uh, that's terracotta, terracotta tile.
1: What's the life? I don't know, terracotta. I should know this. I
2: said it's about a hundred years.
1: Wow. So is it, has that that roof's been replaced? Obviously, if it were one hundred and forty years,
2: that was um, replaced in nineteen eighty. Yeah. Well, so you
1: got a few years left on it with a hundred year roof. That's it's good. It's
2: gonna outlive me. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you can, <laughs> yeah. You can see the the library has it too, yeah. and I believe the train station has got slate. I think the gate lodge has slate too. No, yeah. no. I think the gate lodge has the orange tile. Yeah. Heinz
1: Yeah. Gate Lodge on Elm Street.
2: Yes. Right across from the town offices. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That is an interesting, the Gate Lodge is one of the most interesting. I actually did a book report, I think in the fifth grade on the Gate Lodge. I don't remember everything that I wrote about it, but the uniqueness of it, the fact that you drove through the, essentially you drive through the middle of the the Gate Lodge, the middle of the house to get onto the property. What's the backstory on that one?
2: Well, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's a really interesting building. Uh, yeah. And um, I always got the feeling that, that uh, Fred and he and Richardson became good friends and Olmstead and who was it? Tiffany and St. Gardens, you know, all these, all these high powered guys from that, that era. Um, and basically just sort of turn them loose, you know, like, like, you know, okay. What do you want to do? You know, I don't know what he called him, HH or Henry or whatever, Mr. Mm-hmm. Richardson. And it's a it's a it's a very interesting building because of those boulders mm-hmm. and it's also interesting because you have very uniform windows and doors which are are very straight and then you have the the walls which are these crazy stones mm-hmm. um, so to me it, it's sort of a fascinating mix of sort of chaos and order uh, and the roof is incredible you know I, 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 what was it um, Frank Lloyd Wright said what a roof you know so yeah. it's uh it really is. It's. It's. I used to climb. I used to climb on that building when I was young. You know, how, <laughs> how can a ten-year-old kid resist those boulders? You know. Just oh yeah. Up?
1: Scaling the side of the house. Yeah, I get that, halfway it, up
2: and get stuck. You know, the same. The same thing. But. And, uh,
1: and who you know, lived? It, who lived in the house, or was it? Was it truly a, a gatehouse to the property? That like what was?
2: Well, the, the gardener lived on the first floor, and the second floor was called Bachelor's Hall. And in those days, when the young men came out to, to go to dances or woo the young ladies, they couldn't sleep under the same roof
1: mm-hmm.
2: where they weren't supposed to. And so that's one of the purposes of the Gate Lodge. Um, and Easton was a long way to come, too, you know, in those days. So you would, would be expected, you know, if you're a special guest to, to spend the night. And the other part of it, uh, the other side away from the pond, that was a plant house uh to take in plants in the winter um tall plants I I, I I never actually saw that that happen, but that is there's one room in there that my grandfather built out of trees that were knocked down in the hurricane of 1938 so it's it's panel paneled it with that part of it so
1: well that's cool
2: yeah yeah
1: is anybody living it now that's a this is a dumb question and off topic but i'm just Oh
2: yeah, okay. yeah, no, no, somebody somebody lives in there now. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That'd be a cool, cool spot. That'd be
2: a that would be a very cool place to live in.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, well, back to Oaks Ames Memorial Hall. First of all, uh, a lot of people don't know this, and and uh, I I shared this with you, but Ames, Iowa is named after Oaks Ames, right? And it's the same Oaks Ames that this this hall is named after, correct?
2: Yes, I know absolutely. a couple of folks. Yeah. Yeah, well, Mr. Grinnell uh, wanted a railroad to go through his town uh, because it mattered a whole lot in those days if you had a railroad or not. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, so he asked his, his friend Oaks, you know, if he wouldn't mind if, if he named the town after him. And I don't know who asked who what, but the t- the railroad went through Mr. Grinnell's town. And so he he graciously named it after, uh, I guess, after Oaks, really. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And Ames, Iowa is where the golden spike was laid. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm, again, I'm, I'm fairly certain that's where the golden spike was laid, isn't it?
2: No, it was no? a promontory point. in uh, Promontory Europe. point. That's
1: right. That's right. Why would I say the golden spike? I probably made that mis- mistake. I gave myself some more credit uh, on where it was laid and people believe me. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's 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 when you're really, really believable. Hey, you, uh, just, you
2: say it with confidence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh yeah no it was uh the ames brothers celebrate the golden spike 1896 Uh, they they celebrated it It wasn't where it was laid in ames iowa so there's my false false historical statement that isn't true fake news i caught i caught so it was in utah
2: fake fake history i know i went out to the what was it the 150th um anniversary of it out out in utah yeah and uh, it was a great site. I mean, it's just the same as it was 150 years ago. I mean, there's nothing, there is nothing out there. Not a house, not anything.
1: Wow. It's,
2: it's high desert and the wind is blowing. It's a little chilly. Uh, yeah, it was really, it was, it was, it was quite a sight. You know? And they did a reenactment and uh, it was fun. I enjoyed doing it.
1: Well, that's that's cool. And sorry, to, I got sidetracked, but I got cut up in East, and I got you here. I gotta get, you, I gotta get a couple of Eastern questions out uh, that I know, I know you've got the answer to. But back to Oaks Ames. One of the things that you that you said to me, which it really stuck, and it's it's going to be the title of this podcast, which is Oaks Ames Hall is for you, meaning it's for for community members, it's for groups, it's for weddings, it's for you know birthday parties, it's for all these different things, and I think that that's probably often overlooked as available because what, well, first of all, it's, it's, it's such a, an impressive building that I think a lot of people probably think that it would be uh, out of, you know, out of the realm of possibility for fees and costs, especially with function costs nowadays. Um, But you really, you, you you and your team are really built, have really built this so that this, this hall is for the community and its use with, you know, obviously reasonable rental fees and things, but Talk a little bit more about, you know, the type of events, what, what it looks like, what someone could, how did someone get a hold of you to, to, uh, to book an event and what, and are, well, I guess the last one is, are you booking events and are you currently having events with everything that's going on with COVID and what type of events?
2: Well, you know, business slowed down, of course, and the people who have booked in advance, you know, a year or so ago for, for weddings about COVID, by and large, most people uh, have just put it off for a year. So mm-hmm. we've been we've been fortunate that way, but um, yeah, we have had to go into reserves, you know, to, to keep up with the oil bills and everything like that. But um, we should be okay. I think we, we've got enough to get through this, as far as I understand the timeline now. And still, mm-hmm. you know, um, the weddings uh, are are great. I mean, it's it's two thousand dollars to rent that room upstairs, uh, and that's nothing. I mean, if you look around it at other, compared to other venues, it's nothing. You know, we're, we're a, a very reasonably priced. The downstairs room, uh, again, that's the whole first floor, which is handicapped accessible. That's just $650. And another thing that's really become quite popular now with COVID is the loggia, which is the name of that, uh, what you call that that space in front where the arches are, that sort of, mm-hmm. that covered space uh, people having dinners out there, cocktail parties, um, very, very pleasant out there in the warm weather, of course. And that's, that's another feature. And and people use it when they rent downstairs. Uh, it's a good place for people to go out and have a drink. Just take a look at the view, admire the village. Um, so that's, that's our bread and butter right there. Uh, can they rent
1: just the loggia?
2: no. You can't you can't rent the loggia by itself because you know you'll want to use the bathrooms and the kitchen. So we we sense. We, we, yeah. we tack it on to, to the downstairs. But mm-hmm. um, yeah 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 where, where was I? Sorry, um, I was right in the middle of my spiel. Sorry, uh,
1: the rentals, and the loggia?
2: Oh yeah yeah no the loggia the loggia is great and I yeah I know what I wanted to get on to. We are very much involved with the Shovel Town Cultural District. And we are the performance and event center for the cultural district. And a cultural district is a Massachusetts state program. Uh, It's a downtown redevelopment program, which gives the hall access to certain funds. Um, And its main purpose is is to is to fund theater, music performances, thing that'll draw people to the downtown. And then hopefully go and you know go to Farmer's Daughter for lunch or dinner afterwards, you know, just to promote. Um, just to promote the, the businesses that, that sort of got hit hard by the internet and by the malls, you know, yep. so bring, bring that back. Um, and I want to uh, acknowledge there's, there's Carolyn Cole, who is the head of it now of the, uh, the shoveltown district. and in a sense, it was she really her creation. I mean, she did she did most of the work. And it's such a great idea. We, we offered to be the, the performance center and we're just a natural fit with those acoustics and the stages. And who else has been there? We, we recently had Jack and Jenny uh, did a, an acoustic performance, which mm-hmm. I think was live, live streamed on ECAT. Mm-hmm. And we also, uh, I don't know if you know Jack Colombo, but he is Southeast School of Music. Uh, he has some music summer camps there. He's also put on several performances and you know, back in, it was back in my early days at the Hall, in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, we had a music series. And that would be from October, September through November, every Sunday, you know, one Sunday a month. And we had a tremendous variety of, of different types of music. We had klezmer, we had flamenco, we had jazz uh, we had big band with a girl singer, we had Tom Rush, John Sebastian, which some of your, your older, mm. older listeners will, will know, these guys were national acts, uh, brass quintet string quartets, and our first, our first performance was, was an opera singer. Mm. And uh, I was in charge of the music system for his uh, concert, and he was singing, and the piano music was on the tape. And some reason I, 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 the tape skipped or it stopped and I couldn't get it to start again. But this guy was so great. He, he really didn't lose a note and he walked over while he was singing and he sat down to the piano that was there and just picked up the music. And uh, that was great. The, the music series was a lot of fun. We really didn't make any money on it, but uh, uh, people loved it. So I hope we can, we can get back to doing more of that stuff. Um, So again, we really want to put in a plug for music. Uh, uh, People with with, musicians want to use the hall. We are very, very reasonably priced for that because we want to promote uh, music at the hall. So if they need it for rehearsal space, Uh, we're working on preliminary stages with Stonehill College and their theater department. Uh, We want to work on the stage upstairs as a good performance stage. Um, so we really we really are set up for uh, cultural performances, and um, that's that's the other, other side of what we do besides the, the you know the social rentals. Um, also, uh, we had a very in the loggia we had uh, uh, great gourmet dinners. Uh, Rosemary Fresh is uh, Meredith Bonney's company, mm-hmm. and they put on a, a couple of incredible meals, and it was served out in the loggia on a nice evening, and it was it was really it's a really about as good as it gets i thought it was really nice they did a great job and the grange will uh have their dinners out there their monthly meetings in the warm weather they'll put one big long table down the middle you know like a farmer's table mm-hmm. and it's it's very nice very very convivial you know it's the, the, the hall has a lot of character you know and, and people like that yeah and certainly for a wedding you can't get anything that Despite being so imposing, really is is a romantic building, um, and so we're we're very popular that way. But again, the, the the issue is to get to get the word out, like what we're doing now. And again, I'm very mm-hmm. appreciative of uh, that. We are reasonably priced. We are very flexible, mm-hmm. and you know why not? You know it, it's it's too bad that that people you know jump jump to a conclusion. But I I can see why they they might you know just looking at it, thinking you know this is this is something would, would be too expensive but in fact we're we're just the opposite you know we're here for the community but we're to encourage use of the building and how you would get in touch would be on the on the website which is uh Hall, all one word and Oaks is spelled o a k e s so oaksameshall.org. Uh, and you will be put in touch with Joan Lundgren who is our rental agent and uh, the Hall's phone number, which will get you to the answering machine is 508-238-9995. So if you want to leave a message there, um, Joan is very good. She's very good at getting back to you. Uh, She'll be there for uh, the day of your event, answer any questions, help out. So things run very smoothly. That's and also, there's there's the Italian garden behind. I know you mentioned you you have an interest in oh, yeah. uh, Quisset, Quisset House, yep. and what we encourage people to do is that, that's not part of the hall, but it is run by the library. So we tell them if they, you know, why not be married in the garden and then have your reception at the hall? So we tell them to go, you know, contact uh, the library because they're the ones that manage the space. And it's just, it's just a great combination. Yeah. To be married in the garden and then, you know, walk, walk to your reception at, at the hall. So.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it is, it is one of the most beautiful, before I go to the garden and the Queezit house, Tom Rush turned 80 yesterday and he was interviewed and he said his career was 99% magic. So I'm guessing that part of his magic was being able to perform in Oak Memorial Hall. So that's a little, little factoid that I just did a quick Google search on amazingly out of all those names. He was the one that I searched and, uh, found that his birthday was his 80th birthday was yesterday and he survived Corona. He was actually one of the wow. first coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, he, he got it, uh, looks like in April of, uh, of last year. So, um, yeah, I'm going to look, I'm going to listen to some of his music, but, uh, yeah, the garden is, um, and I, I'd love to learn more. I want to touch a little bit on the garden, but you're uh, on, on your space, uh, again, um, you don't need to be an eastern resident to to use the space you can be someone from mostly i'm guessing that i'm guessing a lot of your weddings are are people like me that grew up in the town that have passion for the town that love the town and 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 downtown when you talk about the shovel shop what was the the shovel the group that's working on the downtown area the shovel shop or shovel town oh shovel town cultural district so shovel town cultural district you and i talked about this yesterday I think downtown looks the best it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. in the in the late 80s, early 90s, if there were tumbleweeds in the, in New England, they were running down Main Street. And now it is vibrant. It is full of uh, it's just full of activity and excitement. And it's bright. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 Doug King and, and um, Mr. Howe and others that have developed those those buildings along Main Street and the town right. putting up the lights and uh, Lee Avery Williams putting the the uh, clock with the shovels built into it. I mean, just incredible detail that you could you could have an event at Oaks Ames Memorial Hall and you could walk in any direction, USA, from the, from the entrance and you'd, you'd have a very nice walk. You could go to the Ames Estate. You could walk through the old Shoveltown buildings where there are now apartments. That's very nice. You get the library, the Cuisin House, the garden. I mean, just uh, walk down Main Street. Um, it's just it's just a, such a cool place, the, two, the churches um, that are just absolutely beautiful. So uh, there's no lack of, of sightseeing in a small town area, but uh, uh, the garden is where the podcast was created. The Be Awesome podcast wow. uh, was, was created in the Queezit House and, and the garden. Uh, uh, the town and the town library and, and, and an Eastern resident that is absolutely passionate and has been doing podcasts before podcasts uh Bert Lewis, right? That's sure, uh, Bert Burt, Burt Lewis. So yep. Bert Lewis offered to do free podcast lessons. And one Saturday morning I went to the Queas House and I took a podcast lesson and I said, I have no idea what I'm doing and I can never do this. And I walked out to the garden right next door behind the library and next to Oak Saints Memorial Hall. And I sat there and I took a picture and I put a post on social media that said, This is the beginning of something. I think it was this is the beginning of something awesome. It was before be awesome. I think it was April of 2018. And uh, I put together a very loose framework of my, what my podcast wanted it to look like. Uh, and it wasn't released. I didn't do my first podcast episode for three months later, but forever I will go down in history as uh, my podcast lesson in the queez House and reflecting on how ridiculous an idea that was in the garden. Um, the queez House isn't, isn't part of Oaks Ames. It's part of the library, but that's a story in itself uh, that I think is worth sharing, which uh, that literally a river runs through it, right? Yeah, and, uh, right. <laughs> what's, the, what's the backstory on that place?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting when my brother owned it, I remember we were there one Christmas and I, I was down in the basement and there's there was this, I don't know what you'd call it, sort of this rectangular opening in the, in the cement floor, you know, about three yeah. by four feet. And there was a pipe on one side, a pipe on the other, and there was water flowing through it, which was draining down, uh from up up the hill and there was there was a frog in there um obviously hibernating so uh, uh, very very natural um but that well that again that was Oaks, Oaks, Oaks Andrews house and it went through a, a number of different owners and then the library got it and the, you know the library's done a fantastic job you know with the garden with the house I mean it, it's just remarkable you know how they' mm-hmm. how they've improved everything, and as, as a next door neighbor, you know, we, we benefit from that. And, um, you know, as, as you said, you can, you know, this, it's such an amazing collection we have here. You can, you know, there's the old yellow brick high school, there's the rockery, there's the hall, there's the library, there's the uh, shovel works, there's, you know, Mrs. Parker's old house, the, the uh, Victorian house, there's mm-hmm. Unity Church. And then there's the graveyard. I mean, it's it's uninterrupted 19th century. You know, yep. there's nothing's been inserted, nothing's been added onto. It's it's. I think it's remarkable. And the thing, the thing that that I'm interested in is how do we get more people out here to see it? Mm-hmm. Always, there was there was I was showing somebody around who took some photographs. In fact, he's a a great great grandson of, of H H Richardson. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I've always wanted to come out to Northeastern. And I think, I was like, well, yeah, I think you would. He's got five houses out here. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't say that to his face, but anyway, um, you know, so it, it's very interesting when people get out here and they're, they're rightfully impressed about it. And I, I think we should, you know, we as a town should, should look into how can we promote this more? Because I think we've got it. We've got all the assets here. We just got to market them, put it together um to me that would be that would be good. also that's a great way to preserve them you know if you oh, have yeah. this attraction and people come and they know about it um that really ensures their their future you know mm-hmm. i think that's a, a good way to, to tie it up and the shovel works was really a, a an amazing cooperative effort you know between the private group i was involved with and then you know the town and back and forth and we put together a plan which pretty much uh, um, Howard, Howard Cohen used uh, for his development. And what happened is we had all the preliminary work done, all the, well, the Turner brothers already got the permits for the, for the water, but anyway, so all the, the planning and stuff we had looked into. So Howard Cohen could basically in very short notice just walk right into that plan Mm-hmm. So the town and the town was super in supporting it with CPA funds, other things. I mean, it was a, a very complex effort and um, I'm glad the private sector played a small role in it. Mm-hmm. And the payoff is huge. And part of that was when you're talking about downtown, part of that was from the sewage treatment plant that came with uh, the, the shovel, shovel works development. Mm-hmm. And that allowed the farmer's daughter to expand and other businesses. And you know, when the farmer's daughter, uh, that was great. That's really started to change people's minds about how they looked at at downtown. You know. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember O'Connor's. You know, the the cigar store from the fifties. You know, and everything, everything in between. Um,
1: I go back as far as I think it was Charlie's. I don't remember. I remember
2: Charlie's. Yeah, Charlie's Charlie's wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it was definitely, uh, it wasn't vibrant. It was, it was good food, but it was definitely, a, it, was a, it was a tired building. It, uh, had, its,
2: it had its charm. I like it had its, say.
1: yeah, character and charm. Yeah. It's funny, you, talk, you when you mentioned the graveyard, uh, and, I, and I bet there's a lot of people that are chuckling and going, oh, yeah, graveyard, that's great. But that is really a, a fascinating graveyard to walk through. Um, and I'm going to, if I have the name wrong, and if you know it, then I think it's the Knowles family. I think the I think it's the Knowles family that's buried back there and I it's I'm probably wrong but their their tombstone is a tree and then oh, all yeah the I know middle, what you mean
2: yeah exactly and then there's
1: there's broken yeah. pieces of the tree with the different family yes, members yes, that are buried yes. around the tree it's like one of the coolest I mean if there's a cool way to be buried and that's a family you know it's the the, the logs of the tree or all the family members of the tombstones if I remember correctly that was that's, one of the sticking points I hadn't been there in years
2: That's um, right I, you know I'd I'd forgotten about that and I remember the the the, the tree trunk was limbed you know yeah. where you see where the branches were cut and then you saw the little logs on the ground so I yeah. they were they were cut off the off the trunk Yeah Yeah and that is that is a great cemetery that in fact I'm on the board of that and we've recently looked into the architect the landscape architect that that did it and he's it is quite well known
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and we've got us you know a saint garden sculpture out there and there's just some some beautiful graves and the top you know so that's a that's a real asset you know Um, yeah and the church my god those stained glass windows in the church oh yeah they're incredible yeah i I wish that could be more accessible maybe a saturday tour Mm -hmm. you know that the church the library, the hall, whatever, you know, just just put put like a half day together, two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon, lunch in between here. you know it's it's a nice half day trip from Boston, you know, just go out to Northeastern for half a day.
1: Yeah, and theres there's still some great historians in town that could do uh, tours. My, my, my sharing all of what I know comes from like 1992 Mrs. Varello walking us around. Well Mr. Hill, uh, and the old high school, which was the middle school was my sixth grade teacher. He gave me the first tour, our our class, the first tour, uh, way back when, and then Mrs. Varela, um, who was an incredible historian in town. Um, she, she walked us around, uh, one day and we actually had books, you know, Eastern history books, um, because she was so proud of the town and, and shared so much with us. Uh, but there's, there are still quite a few historians in the historical, committee for the town, which is out of the train station, uh, is just a wealth of knowledge and amazing. You know, when we talk about, um, you know, the, the influence between, uh, the manufacturing of shovels from your family and, the, and then, the, the, the shoe, the, the, uh, the shoe history and next door Brockton. And a lot of people don't know that Easton actually manufactured a car, uh, the Morse automobile, which is very few of today. So there's, and the, and the chocolate chip cookie. The creator of the chocolate chip cookie might, Whitman might take credit, but she's an East, she was an Easterner. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of different That's things. That's
2: pretty cool. That's there's pretty a, cool.
1: There's yeah. a lot, there's a lot of cool uh, in Easton and never mind uh, our, our parks, uh, sheep pasture and borderland and everything else. I always tell people how spoiled and how fortunate I am to be in the community that I am. My family came here from uh, Madeira in, in 1966 and they migrated to Brockton. Yeah, and uh, I was very fortunate to be able to to come to Easton and and call this home for a better part of all my life. So uh, absolutely, I think a tour would be great post COVID, of course, because we can't do all this close proximity stuff. But uh,
2: no, and I just want to jump in. You know, Hazel Varela, Mrs. Varela, is uh, I didn't have her as a teacher, so I I call her Hazel, but. She's still very active and Frank Menino at the historical society. He's done an incredible job with the resources there, the photographs. And of course, Ed hands, you know, sort of the the dean of all this. And that's the other element where we are so lucky to have is these are these people that just know the history and, you know, can can pass it on. And they're they are essential and we are very fortunate to have them.
1: Well, here's a Frank Benino story. Before we kind of wind things out, uh, last year I did the the whole. I I I didn't do a lot for be awesome in my speaking career and, and public speaking. I traveled the country, but I did very little locally. And the Eastern Chamber of Commerce asked me to speak at their business appreciation dinner last January. And I reached out to the Eastern Historical Society because my grandfather, who was an immigrant, uh, worked at Brockton Tool, which is next to Hennessy Liquors, the big the big big old brick building actually across the street from where the Morris automobiles were made on um, Morris's Pond. Right. Um, and so I sent an email to the Eastern Historical Society and I said, my grandfather worked at Brockton Tool uh, until I think it was the, the, when they closed in the 80s sometime. And Frank Menino responded and said, who's your grandfather? And I said, Manuel Pedro. And he said, I worked with him for like, I can't remember how many years, but the majority of his career, he worked there. And so I, got, I went down and, and spoke with Frank for over an hour. He gave me an over an hour of his time. And he shared so much about my grandfather, a lot of it that right. I knew, um, but some of it that I didn't know. But he is, he's so uh, passionate and knowledgeable for the town. Uh, And it's, it's people like that, that keep a lot of this stuff alive, because I walk into these buildings, maybe I'm strange. um, But I love walking into our older buildings and just taking a step back in time. It's almost like the Titanic movie when you're when you're envisioning what it was like in the ballroom when they were dancing, you kind of go into these spaces. And you just take a breath in and you take a step back in time. And you're like, what was it like in 1882 to walk into this space and not have your phone and not have Wi-Fi and not be, you know, doing all this stuff, but it it just, it's really, really cool. And the preservation and the efforts that you and others in town have done is nothing short of extraordinary. So thank you uh, for your commitment uh, to, to doing this. Uh,
2: Yeah. And there are many, there are many of us out there. I mean, I do, I, I've done my bit. That's how I look at it. You know, I, I, I've done my bit. So
1: yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And, 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 in Oaks Ames Memorial Hall, do you guys do any fundraising? I know that a lot of this effort, you, you know, the, the upkeep and the management and everything, a lot of that primarily comes from the rental money. Are there any fundraisers or anything that you well, guys do?
2: We uh, have the friends group, friends of the Oaks Ames Hall. Okay. There's information on that, uh, on the webpage. And that is a great organization to join, um, and we, we're going to have some more GoFundMe. We're going to have, uh, we get more active in, in the fundraising once, once everybody gets things squared away. Mm-hmm. Probably be the fall, I think. Um, so yeah, mo- most definitely, most definitely. And again, just a plug for uh, CPA and they've been very, very helpful to us. So we, we benefit from that. Yeah. Uh,
1: Anyone that contributes, helps, gives time, gives money or anything to keep uh, some of these beautiful spaces intact and, and going and and hopefully keep that uh, third floor in its original state or as close to its original state is uh, is is pretty okay in my book. So um, yes. I think we covered all the bases, my friend. This has been fantastic. We've been able to uh, we've been able to to determine some things that I've said are fact. We found one thing that is definitely not, but people believed it. So I'm going to keep continue on with it and just call it Ames, Utah um that was that was interesting um mistake on my part um but uh most importantly we, we we're gonna let the world know that there's a uh, an amazing space oaks ames memorial hall that's that's for them and to reach out to you and make sure that uh, hopefully we get a couple more uh people get married and and uh, have birthday parties or just get together and uh, i think that when this stuff clears i think you guys are going to be backlogged with events you'll yeah. probably be booked every day because everybody's going to want to get out and do things so uh, get get ready for the tidal
2: wave. So make your reservations now, right? Yes, yes, and,
1: absolutely. Are and
2: again, you... I I I just want to thank you again for giving giving me the opportunity, to, you know, to reach out to so many different people um, about the hall. I mean, this is this is very helpful. That's a that's a big deal. So thank you. Yeah,
1: it's it's my honor, my friend. And uh, and and w- with that, you just made a point. I just want to make sure: Are you taking reservations for bookings? And when do they? When do you start? Like, what's the start date that people can start to look to book? For events with you
2: well i mean as far as dates go I, I think to be reasonable the date of the event you know you'd probably want to do the fall or something like that you know yeah. um but certainly you can call now and, and book you yeah. know just just set it that way and we have had uh it's, sometimes it's sort of a rolling thing with covid so we some yeah. people have moved a month or two along and we are very amenable to that you know Good. so yeah
1: well, much luck. I, I look forward to talking to you again in the future. This is great that I got to finally meet you uh, virtually in person. Uh, a lot of <laughs> lot of fun and a lot of learning. And uh, if if by chance I call you from the police station because I got arrested scaling the side say, side of the gatehouse uh, on Elm Street, following I just, in my I'm following in your footsteps, looking for the looking for the bachelor space after uh, after an event or a distinguished guest. So, uh, no, appreciate you. Thanks for coming on here, and uh, uh, we'll hope to have you on again some other time and we can talk all things Easton.
2: Well, great, and I hope to see you at the hall soon. How's Yo, that? You
1: absolutely will, and that will, that will do it for this episode. Again, I love my town. I love where I get the to lay my head at night very lucky to uh, to call easton home and uh i hope that others you know even if you're in the area and you don't live in easton take a drive down here check it out park your car on main street walk around go to the farmer's daughter get something to eat uh check out some of the local local shops and places to go it is a it is a great welcoming place uh with as as we shared with you a whole bunch of history um, and as always, uh, follows, shares, likes, I, I, you know, I'm doing my best with social media. I'm going to keep putting stuff out there. i working on a couple of exciting things. You can still buy t-shirts on the website. And, uh, anybody that does a rating and review of this podcast on the Apple podcast or on any platform, uh, I do have a tool that will let me know, uh, on other platforms, but if you do a rating and review, uh, and publish it on a podcast platform, send me an email Josh at be awesome. That's J O S H at B E A U S M Mary.com. And I will get a t-shirt in the mail to you. Just send me your size and address Uh, because those ratings reviews uh, really do make a difference in how people see us. And uh, that's a big deal. So you deserve something for your time. So in the meantime, if you can be anything, be awesome.